0: Have you ever longed to escape reality or fantasized about stepping into someone else's shoes, even for just a little while? Hi, I'm Laura
1: Mullen. And I'm Chris Hawley. We host CBC's Play Me, the immersive podcast that transforms theater into addictive audio fiction. Join us for a new season and disappear into a world rich with drama, where every show delivers hypnotizing stories and unveils intriguing characters with secrets.
0: Play me wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. This uh, episode today is kind of a clash of the titans of Canadian culture. Margaret Atwood is one of the world's most noted writers, a Canadian national treasure. She's won uh, every book award uh, you can think of two Booker Prizes, the Governor General's Award, prose, poetry, graphic novels. I mean, her, her book, The Handmaid's Tale, got turned into a massive, you know, life-changing TV series. Misha Brigger gossman Lee is an award-winning Canadian powerhouse soprano, performed at some of the greatest orchestras all over the world, performed, you might remember, at the opening ceremony for the Vancouver Winter Olympics. It's just been announced that Misha is going to be honored with the Governor General's Performing Arts Award later this year, too. So now these two Two giants of Canadian art have collided on a new album. It sounds like this.
0: Someone wants your body. What's the deal?
1: Some of Misha Brigger-Gossman Lee singing the Margaret Atwood poem, Shadow, or putting it to music. It's from the new album, Zombie Blizzard. Misha, along with composer Aaron Davis and the Hannaford Street Silver Band, interprets seven of Margaret's poems. Margaret herself also reads on the record, which is really lovely. Like, on the record, you get to hear Margaret Atwood read a poem, and then Misha sings that poem. I'm afraid to say this, but like I find sometimes when I hear like adaptations of, of poems in music, I don't really hear the lyrics that well. I'm trying to make them out. So it's kind of nice to hear one and then hear the other. Anyway, Misha is also the executive producer of this project. Uh, Misha Burger gossman Lee came by our Q studio and I began by asking her how she knew Margaret Atwood in the first place. Are you guys friends? Do you guys know each
2: other? Listen, I am going to name drop Margaret Atwood from now until I die. Okay. Because officially we have made an album together. She would be like, Misha, it's your project. I I wish you all the best. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, Margaret, you need to understand that I have been stalking you, Giller style, for like a decade, trying. Like, when I read Edible Woman when I was in my 12th grade. Yeah. I was like, someday this woman is going to give me a key to her house. And we're going to be like best friends ever. She didn't know any of this. And now she is like in Mexico. She's unlikely to hear this. So I'm just going to let it all hang out. Okay. Because I have loved her with the heat of a thousand suns. How did
1: for, you how did you end up making the connection? How did you end up saying hello?
2: Again, Giller low-key stocking at,
1: So At the Giller Prize.
2: At the Giller Prize. So every time I would go, and my only reason... And I serve on the board of the Giller. So now at this point, like I'm literally quite invested, but it's what allowed me to meet all the people that I love, which are, you know, super geeky Canadian literature titans. And now I have an album with Margaret Atwood on it. How did you, how did like, how? 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 How, like how in the world? Yeah. What is the conversation where you're like, Margaret, I think I'm going to make a cycle of concert arias set to your poems. Yeah. And she's like, have at it, you know, sign whatever you want. I gotta
1: tell you, that's not the response I would expect from Margaret. I I know Margaret Atwood as well. Uh, Lucky enough to say that. Yeah. Name drop it, Tom. Drop it like it's hot. I don't know if I can't call her Peggy yet, but I still call her Margaret.
2: I would say it in my head. I test it out. <laughs> yeah,
1: me too. I do like, that Like I have a, a notebook mind, full like... of
2: Misha loves Peggy, like heart Peggy. Yeah,
1: I've definitely yeah. like muttered it and been like, hey, Peggy. And I totally go, hey, not. Margaret. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, like this like sweet pam. Like I have an at Misha Atwood at Hotmail.com account.
1: <laughs> but literally you say, you say, hey, Margaret, a.k.a. Peggy. I'm, I would like to make a song cycle based on your music with this guy, Aaron Davis. And she says, yes. Is that, is that the conversation?
2: I didn't have to get even that far before I n- knew that she would say yes. And I'll tell you why. It's not because I'm great. It's because Margaret Atwood is incredibly generous. She's a spirited, beautifully deep, totally family-minded community person. There's a pragmatism to her that I really admire because I don't want to get too emotional about this, but... The point is we're here and she's aware of legacy. And so when I approach her about a project that I know I can make happen, she is so supportive in her Peggy way. And I just made this project so that we could be at the same place in the same time.
0: My mother sleeping Curled up like a spring fly. She's almost a century.
1: But why these poems? Like, of all the Margaret Atwood work that you could have adapted into the song cycle, uh, this is a relatively new uh, book of poems. Why why this one?
2: I knew Margaret before Graham died.
1: Her husband. And I.
2: Exactly. So, the love of her life, and you're in this transitional period in the life of a woman. I'm seeing my mother also lose her husband of 52 years, also my dad. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of understanding this passage of time. I love the Robert Schumann song cycle, Frauenliebe und Leben. It's songs on the love and the life of a woman. And so I have that sort of song cycle that I've sung throughout my whole career in the back of my mind as I'm contemplating the collection of poems dearly which are dedicated to Graham
1: right but then you and then you take these words and you you take these literal words of Margaret Atwood's uh, you're not inspired by them you take the literal words and you turn that into a, a song cycle
2: Insofar as they are inspiring, like yeah. they exist pre-existing, yeah. will exist beyond, people yeah. will know those words more than they'll know these songs, let's face it, it's yeah. Margaret Atwood, yeah. but insofar as I have the power to put my artistry in the same space as hers, what I would contribute is
1: this. Uh, ch- challenge, what's the most challenging part of that?
2: The most challenging part of the song cycle dearly is the fact that Aaron Davis has also written a score that's very complex, but is meant to be delivered as though it's recitation. So I've premiered a lot of new works. I've been the muse for a lot of composers because I really want to give them what they want. Like I really, in some ways at this point, because it's a strong artistic statement, my singing, my contribution. When a composer comes along to write something for me, They're considering, like Aaron Davis would have, what I do artistically. And I'm a a good communicator. I I have great diction. Like I feel very responsible for the listener and taking them on this journey. So I'm very involved. So he can write music that is not just story, but it's also color because then she's like an amazing singer. So then I get to color. So it's rare that you would be coming up with a composer who both knows you personally. He's Mm -hmm. played at all the funerals I've been at. He's, we've walked each other through both the, both deaths of both of his parents. Mm -hmm. Like he came when I had my heart attack. He's Mm -hmm. been, he took me to the hospital the first time I had open heart surgery. Like Aaron Davis has been around me, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So when he goes to write a cycle of songs for me Mm -hmm. from nothing, Mm -hmm. But Peggy's Poems, mm-hmm. he is a kid in a candy store.
1: But what's challenging about that for you?
2: Well, I'm making it all happen. Like, I don't executive produce lightly. When I go to make something, I expect that my children will be listened to it when I'm dead. So I'm thinking, let's make this matter. Just, you know, a little bit of legacy.
1: I want to play um, uh, the piece Dearly, hey, Sam, do you have that kicking around? Listen to this. Beautiful, Misha. Right, it's "Dearly," which is a poem by Margaret Atwood. Mine and Misha Berger Gossman Lee's friend. <laughs> yes, best friend. Let's it's go for from, it. <laughs> it's from, <laughs> the, <laughs> from the new album, "Zombie Blizzard." I, I don't mean to be jocular. Listening to that, that's a, a devastating. I remember we had Margaret on for that collection of poems. Tell us a little bit about that piece and your relationship to it, and what you hear.
2: I think everybody has experienced profound loss like it doesn't matter if you're like five and losing your favorite stuffy or if you're 65 and losing your parents there is this place for loss and margaret articulates it in this dearly place Mm. and the point where the song cut out she says I'm walking around like she's got sore knees, and I don't really give as much of a shit about it as you would expect I, I would because there are other things more important. Wait for it, you'll see. And it's like that sets the whole thing up because it's not sad. I love how she's able to speak from the perspective of the place where we put pain. You know, it's not like the pain... Leaves us, but it gets its own wing, and we don't. We look at that wing of our house of our hearts, knowing that it exists, but it doesn't steer us. It changes the way we walk, but it's not forever.
1: But th- but this isn't theoretical to you. Like, is there is there is there a situation where you're you're, you're listening to this and you're you're applying it to your own life?
2: Yes, because. My father died the same day that I had my last heart attack and open heart surgery. Oh my god! So he's dying on the other end of the country, the same time that I am experiencing this generational curse of cardiac disease. Yeah, at like 40. Like, I have kids, like, there's actual people I'd be leaving. But it's also that I know death is not the end, so I don't fear it either. So it's not this white-knuckle thing. And I love how Margaret holds so loosely to these profoundly foundational truths, which is we can miss who is here, we can miss who has gone, and we can even miss what we're hoping for, so that it's all held in this dearly place. And, you know, in a in a Christian sense, there's this eschatological truth that we look forward to that we also get to live in the present. And so it's an articulation of that. And it's, in the end, really just about looking at the different nature and, and vantage points that you can see
1: hope. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. More of my conversation with soprano Misha Brooker-Gossman Lee coming up. Think of- Do you understand these poems differently when you sing them? Because Margaret reads them. She recites them. Yes, yeah, she reads them. I, I like that decision, by the way. Right? Thank you. I like that decision because I got you get to hear the poem read by by the author, by Margaret Atwood. Yeah. And then right afterwards, yeah. you get to hear that same text. So you've just heard it. It's fresh in your mind. You know what the lyrics are, and then you hear it yeah. uh, performed by you.
2: It's what I went... It's how I grew up, because you know I love Jesus, Mm -hmm. and you know I love the Bible, and I love the Bible because it's some of the best poetry ever written, but it's also like God's love story for humanity and him revealing himself through it. And when I hear Margaret and that, this, this thing called poetry, which Zombie is about, Zombie is about, she quotes Rilke in saying that, Poetry is the past that breaks out in our hearts. That's what Rilke says. But then Margaret adds, like a virus, like an infection. Poetry is the past that breaks out in our hearts, like a virus, like an infection. (laughs) So the past breaking out in our hearts, she plays on that Rilke, and that's the basis of the poem. And so you're... Then seeing it set, hearing it set as a musical access point, having heard her say what she thinks of the poem, right, which is a recitation. It's also a translation. It's a hermeneutic. You're Uh seeing through the lens of what she thinks this poem and this language is saying Uh in her mouth. Uh And then you have the composer who says, this is how I see this poem in my head. Uh This is what it invokes for me musically. And then you have the singer. Mm. I saw this text. I hired this composer. I put these parameters together, and now I'm singing this. And I'm the tip of the spear, right? The person who actually communicates it is Margaret
0: and I. There you have it, zombie. Didn't you always suspect is the past that breaks out in our heart like a virus like an infection
2: and it's for me that process I got what I am getting from this project already in making it
1: do you feel changed by it? is that what you mean?
2: I feel like... When
1: you say, like, I got what I was getting?
2: I got what I was supposed to get knowing that it was a good idea, that I saw it through, and that classical music is going to be
1: better for it. Classical music is going to be better for
2: it. Yeah. I think poetry is better for it. I think the song recital and the concert experience is better for it because you can do this with jazz, trio, and soprano. You can do it as an instrumental piece. You can do it with as many brass or as fewer brass. It will be also a chamber orchestra incarnation. It can be orchestrated. Like, Aaron is brilliant. And this was just the hearth around his brilliance was able to wrap itself lately.
1: Is, is there a moment where you and Margaret I would sit down on a couch and listen to this together?
2: Well, that's not her way. Like, she doesn't care. She loves it because she knows how on fire I am for it.
1: H- has she heard it?
2: Yes. I have performed them for her personally.
1: Okay. Yes. How did that go? How'd that feel for you?
2: What I loved about it was that I knew she would love it anyway. Yeah. Like, she's not going to be like, oh, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> 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 nice try swinging this. Like, she's not that. Uh, but what... I'll you know, flat, A little flat on the C-sharp. Yeah, like, have you seen the passing tone in the third bar of the second line of the fourth page? And I'm like, she's... In my mind, I'm doing it as an offering to her, like really to say, "Thanks so much for like the awesome words." Look what happens when you sign a release. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 well, you, well, I want to go out on one of the one of the pieces uh, from the from the record. Uh, why don't you pick it and tell me a little bit about it? What, what do you think we should play coming out of this thing?
2: It would be compositionally wise to play princess clothing tell me why there are scenes compositionally wise you're the best oh my goodness tom thank you come on i love the vignettes and tableaus that margaret wrote into the strophic form of this poem but then aaron picks up on that And instead of making something that is through composed getting through the text, he takes the time and the risk to paint a separate compositional tableau with each verse. Can you dumb that down a little bit for me? It's like all of the music sounds like the poetry. Sometimes you're writing a song, and this is a sonoric landscape through the poetry of Margaret Atwood, so that the music becomes incidental to the text I think I got you. Right? I think I got you. And it's risky because we get lulled into believing that songs are supposed to sound like songs when sometimes they can sound like stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a really
1: clear story. Um, I'm excited to hear it. Thanks for coming in.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. come
1: any time. Tomorrow. You
2: want to come in? Misha is available as a baby name. Say it again. Misha, M-E-A-S-H-A.
1: Has it happened yet? Has anyone been with their kid after you yet?
2: That's your future. Time. Ah, for
1: me? Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure
2: you were clear, that we were very clear on that.
1: Little Misha power.
2: I, well, I offer it freely and pray that it multiplies in you.
1: If you could draft up the release, that would help me out a You're lot. welcome. appreciate that. I, it's in my pocket.
0: At least, so she will not be killed. Women have moved in next door.
1: That's a little bit of Misha Bruger gossman Lee singing uh, her take on the first part of Margaret Atwood's poem, Princess Clothing. Before that, you heard my conversation with Misha Bruger gossman Lee. Uh, her new collaboration, her new collaborative project, I should say, with Margaret Atwood, Zombie Blizzard, is out today. On the album, Margaret's poems are set to music composed by Aaron Davis with Misha singing. Later this year, Misha is being honored with a Governor General's Performing Arts Award. She'll collect that award at a ceremony in Ottawa in June. The other conversation we have up today is, is my chat with the legendary Japanese actor Koji Yakusho, Is here to talk about one of the most beautiful films of the year, even though not that much happens in it. It's called Perfect Days. We'll see you soon. Later on.
0: For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.